like I said, the, the stress level last year this time was probably through the roof and I was blowing up Dave and Michelle's phone trying to, you know, figure out if I was even going to get to get on the bike, which I didn't. Um, where this year it's like, we're really, really close, but at the same time, the level of stress are fortunately a lot, a lot lower. Episode 168, Tank Slotten Podcast. Firing one off. We got Briar Bauman coming on the show today to who knows what we're going to talk about. Probably about his racing plans for this year and his offseason a little bit. We'll probably touch upon where a throwdown on the other side of the microphone. Eric Hartley, what's up, man? How are you? Not much. Just uh, stoked for the weekend. Finally see that Triumph uh, go racing out in Detroit. Are you going to watch? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm going to watch, I'm sure. Um, we'll be, uh, we're going to race up in South Carolina, but I'll have it on my, I got Peacock on my, my old cell phone. So I'll, I'll tune in. I, that's crazy. I forget, yeah, dude, the East coast is actually really stacked. I was, um, it is usually the West coast is more stacked because there's a lot of prestige with kind of like racing a one and, and starting off the season with the 250 West and the East coast is gnarly with, um, like Deegan and Forkner and Max Ancy and McAdoo and, and then you, yeah, and then you have all these, I'm sure I'm missing fucking few people that are probably pretty fast, but then you throw in the triumphs and it's going to be crazy. Like I'm, I'm actually, I think I like East coast better than West coast, but yeah, dude, I, I'm yeah, I've sure actually, I've got to say, I've become quite a fan of the, you know, the Supercross thing. I think they do such a great production job. It's hard not to get wrapped up in the storylines and, and uh, all the drama leading into a season. So it's, yeah, for sure. It's going to be a pretty fun uh, weekend to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll tune into that. It's, uh, it's going to be good. I, I, I really, I do. It's probably not popular, but I really like watching, uh, Hayden Deegan ride. I mean, he is, he rides very, very hard and people get people, yep. um, they get salty about like his exposure and everything they do, but that's just a, a product of hard work. And, and when you watch the kid ride, you, you you can't watch not watch him ride and be like, dude, this kid can this kid can ride a bike. So it's it's gonna be fun to watch him. And then uh yeah, on the what's the triumphs? We got a uh, little fairy, Tim Ferry's son, Evan, and <laughs> is it Jalik? Jalik Swole? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Swole. Yeah. Don't get swole. Swolled out. Uh what's good, man? In the meantime, we got anything. I guess we'll chat on that after we talk to Briar. I want to make sure we shout out some Sponsors to make the show happen. Mission Foods, stoked to have them on board for another year, keeping the show going. You can support them, buy some products, and support those who support the sport, man. Without Mission, it's it's crazy to think what life would be like without Mission. So everybody, you know, make sure we, we do our part and buy the products. Not only just supporting them, but the products are amazing. Like the tortilla shells, the chips, they're just amazing product. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com. Big shout out to Kicker Audio for sponsoring our podcast, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Check out their website, dunlopmotorcycletires.com. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas with Jerry Stinchfield. Nearly 40 years of experience. Appreciate everything Uncle Jerry does for the sport. Keeps our show going. Makes it so this show is even possible. And uh, we want to give him a shout out. But we got Briar on the pod, Eric. Briar, what's good, dude? Dude, what's going on? Oh, just... Morning, dude. It's uh one to sneak you on here. It's six AM where Eric's at. So we're 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 on the grind for this one. 
Well, <laughs> it threw me off because I'm like, hey, I can do it in the afternoon. Uh, but obviously, you guys are going to be able to, uh, to squeak it in in the morning. So, yeah, Eric, you're kind of gnarly. That's pretty early. Um, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I'm built stuff. different, you know, as Corey would say. I'll I'm built say, different. You got that. <laughs> you got that dog in you. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I mean, I know what you're doing, but tell the listeners what you're what you're up to today. What you're up to today? Yeah, uh, Shay and I are just on our way to Real Estate Rispoli's house to uh, to do a bicycle ride. Um, unfortunately, like there's been a bunch of rumors that you hurt your knee. Uh, a few of us are kind of talking as if it's a little bit of a. I think you're talking it up more than what it actually is. But yeah, normally you'd be on this cycle. Um, I don't know about today. The pace is gonna be pretty hot. I was gonna say the pace will be a little off since I'm I'm on the injured list. I I kicked the pace up quite a bit, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, your your big head blocks a lot of wind for us. So <laughs> now like, we're just uh we're going to ride a little bit, do a cycle, and then just uh maybe some gym stuff and just hang out. Um, yeah, these weeks in Florida, this is only like mine and Shay's second week here, and let me tell you, it was a long off season <laughs> for the two of us for sure. We uh we're not in the best shape right now, but it's kind of cool we're starting to see a little bit of fitness come back and. It's uh yeah, it's a grind down here. It's like twenty four seven really. So but it's what we sign up for. Have you done any uh any testing uh on you know your program that you've got going this year? Uh have you have you been able to get on any of the bikes uh that you're you're gonna be riding? Uh no, not yet. We uh we're getting close. We're not there yet. We should hopefully be testing in the next couple of weeks. Um everything's coming along pretty nice, but it's just uh Dude, it's it's a lot of work. But I what I asked of Rick Ware Racing and, and Shana and all the people around me, like, is pretty big and I didn't really I didn't really realize how, how big it is, um, to to basically start from scratch. So and that's what we did. And we did it like a little bit later than we probably should have, but just some stuff we were trying to figure out it took longer than we thought and yeah, so unfortunately I haven't been on yet, but it's weird. Normally I'd probably be a little bit stressed out, but knowing who's involved in the pieces that are, that are putting this thing together, it's like, I'm not too stressed out. It's like, man, we're probably going to be in a pretty good spot from the get go. And even if we're not, I'm not really that worried about it because we can find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you've talked about it in on, on social media. You mentioned, you, you mentioned, you talked about your program a little bit on uh or i'm sorry at winter throwdown um which we'll talk about here in a little bit but can you talk about like what can you talk about as far as your your program like who's involved in the bikes and a lot of people have been asking to get you on the show and they're curious on on your program man um honestly i think i think you're you, you actually i think you you might have lost some friends at winter throwdown but you gain some fans so <laughs> um the fans are, are you know they're curious on your program yeah yeah we haven't put out an official release yet we want to uh we want to get a little bit closer how, like have the bikes with us take some like legitimate photos and try and do the best we can but we're still in a position like i'm comfortable talking about the whole deal especially like the people that are involved deserve the credit to know like for people to know what they're <laughs> what they're doing 24 7 right now so uh after spring actually before springfield um myself shana and rick ware sat down and and obviously like i've done a post about not working with dave anymore and i wanted to kind of do something a little bit different 
I, uh, I started to get a little bit stale with where I was at, which was unfortunate because of how much work David put into building that KTM. But I, I kind of knew at the end of the year that I was kind of ready for something different, which once again, I feel bad because I know how many hours he put into building the new bike for me. Um, but yeah, so when we sat down with Rick, I'm like, Hey, let's try something a little bit different. And, and me and Shana will, we'll tackle this AKA Shana, uh, will take care of most of it and I'll just kind of support her. But, um, yeah, so at the throwdown, I had Kenny working for me, Kenny Coolbest, just on a 450, which was Shana's 450. And that was our, our first, uh, first race together for a whole weekend, which was cool. And so he'll be my, my mechanic this year. And then right now on the backside, Ricky Howerton and Jeff Gordon are, are working on the chassis slash motor program. So, um, a couple guys that have been in, involved with a championship winning team and, obviously know what they're doing at a pretty high level. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool how it all came together. We definitely, I, I didn't really anticipate the two of them wanting to even be back in flat track. I, I know I saw Ricky at Springfield with his chassis and I knew he was doing some stuff, but the level that he wanted to get involved and, and dedicate like his time and effort to, I didn't really think was, was a possibility. And just after a couple phone calls, it was like, just a few things that I had mentioned that I was looking for out of the motor package and the feel of the bike, like he got right away. And, and he was saying that Brian Smith was a really sneaky, like touchy feely guy, like on the bike. And, and I'm not necessarily that, but it was cool to kind of be able to kind of put into words what I wanted to feel. And he could kind of pick that up and, and kind of relay, like just watching me on my bike and, and kind of understanding exactly what I was, what I was explaining right off the bat. So yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, I feel bad because between him and Shana, Kenny, Jeff, Jake Johnson, like the amount of work these guys are putting in for me, I, uh, I feel like I kind of have to justify myself because Shana and Kenny probably talk three times a day. I know that Ricky's working. I don't know if that guy slept since the beginning of December. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of incredible to see how much effort they're throwing behind the Rick Ware racing team this year. So it's, uh, it's been cool so far. So is, uh, is Jake a part of, uh, your guys' program or is he going to still just like, is it just because he's with like Shana? What, Cause that's the first I'd heard of Jake, but I guess it makes sense. Um, where does he fit into, um, into the overall, uh, system other than just being one of the funniest guys in the, the he's sport? bringing the Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to do much other than bring Miller lights. Uh, no, yeah. so we're still in the process of, of figuring out Shana's program. Um, Jake and Shana have been kind of tied together for the last couple of years, and we're fortunate to have him doing that, and he takes really good care of her. So, But during the off season, obviously, we were just trying to kind of piece things together and, and make things make sense. And Jake currently works at Solid Performance with Evan Yarnell, and, and we're like, shoot, why, why don't we try and – kill a few birds with one stone and, and maybe get my suspension program up and running through Owens with, with Evan and Jake and, and have them take care of that as well as if, you know, depending on what racetrack Shana rides at and races at, you know, he can, he can be at all the races and, and help us when, with my side of things and suspension stuff, but also help Shana out with, with her stuff when she's racing. So he, uh, he's still going to be heavily involved in our program and, we're just trying to, like I said, we're a small effort with really, really big goals. So we're just trying to make everything make sense. So he, uh, he's, what's he say? He's a jack of all trades, master of none. And 
that rings true. Yeah. And like when it comes down to like, if he needs to re-engineer the, the chassis on the box truck, like he'll find a way. So we, uh, we're lucky to have Jake involved. Yeah. Um, how important do you think last year was with, I mean, obviously you're on a quite a, I mean, it's same, same like brand KTM, but how, how important was last year? And like, is it crazy how much you learned in the time frame you learned it as far as last year goes? Cause you talk about getting your bikes ready for this year and starting from scratch, but essentially last year was like sort of the same deal. And you didn't even sit on your bike until I think it was like the day before Daytona. So talk about that, having that year on those bikes, at least the, uh, the engine platform and how, like how, how much better it is going into this year. Cause looking back at it now, like with what you did last year, it, it was kind of crazy how, I don't want to use, I don't want to use the word unprepared, but how, how much you guys just winged it at the start of the year and you still had pretty good results. Yeah, last year was big for us. Like, I, uh, I've i never been, like, a big confidence guy. Like, I've never been one that's, like, walks around, like, proud. But when we got done with, like, Springfield and we could finally breathe, because that's all, like, we didn't get to breathe from, shoot, from when my mom passed away, like, middle of December until the, you know, the final lap at Springfield. I think me and Shannon held our breath for that amount of time. So, but with that came, like, like I said, I'm not a big, like, confidence guy, but when we got done, I was, dude, I was so proud. Um, of just the program, the stuff that we freaking got through, like, like three nights before Texas half mile, me and Jake, thankful for Rick Ware, uh, buying us a, a KTM 790 Duke because the 890 was basically just too gnarly for the, the half miles and short tracks. But we buy, you know, we buy a whole bike. It's like three days before the national and we're just ripping the motor out, um, overnighting into Michelle she's putting it in we're going to the track we've never even ridden the thing it's like we end up we end up fourth and then like just taking that motor and then winning races and and being competitive uh, basically getting the same amount of podiums on that thing as i did the year before on my kt or on my indian um i got done and i'm like dude that was that was a freaking ride like i can't believe we got through the year with the way we did um especially kind of I got a little bit spoiled riding for Indian motorcycle for the few years that I did. It's like, you don't, you don't really realize how good you have it until it's gone. And, and then all of a sudden everything's laid on, on your plate. So to get through that, know what we had ahead of us and, and what we got through, it's like going into this year, I'm like, dude, I got some really good people involved. Like Kenny is so anxious and eager and like excited to be a part of it. And, and everyone that's like, in, everyone that's involved, like wants to see nothing but success. So, not that I didn't have that last year, but now that I've gone through all the stuff that we did and, and now that I've spoken to Ricky Howard and I've talked to Jeff Gordon and I've kind of relayed what I felt and they can get that, they can see it, they can they can come up with ideas, they have some numbers that they're thinking of, of making the bike work a little bit better than what I was working with last year, or at least we try it and see. Um, like I said, the, the stress level last year this time was probably through the roof and I was blowing up Dave and Michelle's phone trying to, you know, figure out if I was even going to get to get on the bike, which I didn't. Um, where this year, it's like, we're really, really close. But at the same time, the levels of stress are fortunately a lot, a lot lower. 
So one of the questions I've always wanted to ask you, and it's because they say it all the time on the broadcast, is the 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 throttle of that KTM. And I and I can't and I don't know if it was the same for Raspoli and uh, Jesse with with their KTM's, um, but they would always say that it's an electronic throttle. There like there's no cable or whatever. So when you would pull that throttle, did you is that something you would notice, or does it? Um, you know, does it still feel the same? It revs up. You feel the vibration. Um, was there any kind of learning curve when it when it came to that electronic uh, response? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. That the throttle was huge. Um, and I think the thing that's crazy is with that throttle and and the Max ECU, you can come up with a billion different algorithms for that thing and and different uh, maps and and feel. So like. You could you could go out and just on my mapping switch on the bar you could have a motor like you could turn the motorcycle upside down and have a totally different bike in you know in a matter of a switch on the handlebars so just the feel alone in the in the, the throttle by wire is so much different than the than the cable throttle like it after time you get used to it like or at least I did uh, but man it it was big at first I'm like this thing is so funky like. I used to call it, you have to get over the bubble because like cracking the throttle, like on a, on a normal cable throttle, dirt bike throttle, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so predictable, I guess I would say where depending on, on what you had in the, in the mapping or, or what you showed up with that day, like you break that bubble over of the throttle. Cause it was definitely, it was stiff to get over the, uh, to get the initial throttle crack on the, on the fly by wire. But depending what was on the other side of that crack, like it could be really, really good or it could be freaking really <laughs> bad. So it was uh it was so weird and, and definitely difficult to get used to. Um I find myself to be a better slick track uh guy and which is funny because when I started racing uh professionally I was definitely not a slick track guy. I was a big throttle fan. But I kinda struggled at first kinda trying to figure that out because on my Indian I was very uh, very feel oriented, like, Hey, I'm going to roll through this corner at like 10% throttle and, and then kind of, you know, get into her where on that thing, it was like, Whoa, you kind of had to go to 50, 60% throttle just because you were afraid of, of just the initial crack. So way, way, way different for sure. How we feeling? Uh, how we feeling on the schedule, dude? It's uh quite a bit different. There's less miles. I think there's less TTs, less miles, more short tracks. What are the what are the thoughts on the schedule? Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Like, I don't know. It's it's been such a it's been such a flop in my my career the last probably last year. Like, it's taken so much more focus again to be kind of locked in on on just getting the bike developed and kind of fixing things that we think we need to be, we need to be fixed. Where like on the Indian, I'd get a schedule and I'd look at it and go like, shoot, there's four miles here, the or six miles or whatever. The likelihood of me beating me's on a Kenny Tolbert Indian are pretty, pretty slim, probably to none, like not going to happen. So I got to capitalize here, here, here. We're like, now it's kind of like whatever they can send me or like the more races for us, the better, because it's just time, time on the bike, uh, time to develop, time to, you know, work on things that we need to work on. And yeah, it doesn't really matter what the, the surface is or, or what the, the track shape or style is. Um, obviously there's probably tracks that are going to be better for the KTM than, than others. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to fix this or not fix it, but we're just trying to build this thing around how I ride and the more time on different racetracks we get, the, the better for us. So 
yeah, the, the short tracks are cool. The TTs are cool. We're going to, I think we're riding downtown Sturgis, which is pretty wild, but bring it on. Um, the couple miles we have on the schedule are really good. Decoin and Springfield are six. So, yeah, I'm good with the schedule. Like, let's let's do it. You kind of answered uh, one of the questions I had for you, because I want your unfiltered hot take opinion on the Sturgis TT and Adventure Trackers. Let's go. What is what does Briar Bauman think? Uh, yeah. So don't be I'm a bitch. I'm kind of in a position now. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm kind of in a position now. Yeah. I. Uh, What's Scat Cat think? What's Shana what, think? <laughs> we're not going to ask Shana what she thinks about that. Um, yeah. She. Well, let's say one of the. It's, it's probably not on the list of races that she's going to sign up for for the year. But <laughs> no, I mean. I, Brian Smith and I spoke about it a little bit. I'm like, look, dude, do I think it's a great idea? I don't know. But do I, do I think that we need to do whatever we can to continue to grow the sport right now? I mean, it's unfortunately, it's not a secret that, like, it's been one of the tough raw seasons. Um, and I'm not proud of that. Like, it's my goal as a, as a racer, and it's kind of like I'm taking on a different role a little bit, not that I'm doing any any justice or I'm doing a good job at it, but I would like to see this, you know, I just want to grow our brand, um, my brand, the sport, like continue to show what we have is pretty cool. So not that, you know, I'm going to go out on a, you know, a TT downtown and kind of roll around and probably get smoked, but the, whatever we got to do to, to kind of grow this thing within means, like as long as I don't hit like a fire hydrant or something, um, or high side off a curb, like I'm all good. Like, let's just ride, I guess. So yeah. quickly yeah. to follow up, it's outside my pay grade. It's outside my pay grade. I, uh, I have a quick a uh, lot more to tack one of things. Uh, well, so okay, so you have spoken to the illustrious race director. Are they bringing in dirt, or is it all going to be like just on roads? Because that's the one thing that I haven't really known. Is there going to be any dirt where it is a true supermoto track? I think they have to bring in dirt. Yeah. I- yeah, I've I've been told they're bringing in dirt. I don't know how much, but they are bringing in dirt. Okay. I yeah, I don't think, think they can just run a road. I don't think they can just run all pavement because I think that's a like I think Moto America oh, yeah. they, they own the rights to road racing, and if, if there's no dirt, I don't think it justifies as anything to do with. I don't know, bro. It's a finicky topic because like what what do we call it? We call it American flat track. A lot of people call it dirt track, but. Realist- realistically, like, I don't even know what the rules say with that. Like, does it say it has to be dirt in the rule book? Like, I know it says on TTs, you have to have a jump and a right-hander, but I don't even know. Does it say anything? I don't even know. I don't know what it says, but... I don't either. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, I like the chip, yeah, just, bro. We need to bring the chip back. See, I was a... I'm, unfortunately, I crashed there. I think we raced there three times, and I crashed five, which is pretty... And I somehow snuck out a win, but it... uh. I like that place. Like just the, the whole atmosphere was pretty cool. Obviously riding a twin around there was a little bit dodgy and the likelihood of crashing, at least for myself, cause I'm a little bit loose is pretty high, but it's, uh, it's just cool. I mean, I remember the one year that I did win, um, I crashed and like, I stood up and I was like face to face with this biker dude that was just shotgunning beers. I'm like, this dude was fired up. He loved it. I mean, not the crash, I don't think, but just like the whole thing. And, there was a lot of people there. So it was just kind of, it was kind of neat to kind of 
just ride in front of that many people that were just kind of fired up about it. So it was so cool. It I, was like a good old school, I, you know, camping out vibe. Be like just the bars. That yeah, it's it fit the the demographic of our sport very well. Where I we go to some of these yeah. tracks and the demographic um, is just off. But you throw us inside of the Buffalo Chip during Bike Week, hell yeah, like <laughs> it just works. I mean, dude, like. How how many of the racers were like as soon as that thing ended? How much were off? Leathers weren't even put away. How many of them were partying with with the dudes that were there? Like, yeah, most of the dudes that were in in the singles main weren't even concerned with the main event if they made it. They were like, "Who's playing at the concert afterwards?" And like, "Are we going to sleep between now and the Sturgis half mile?" Did you hear about uh so, about Trent? No, no, I didn't. Trent, I didn't uh, did. they had a zip line there at this chip. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it on the pod, but he uh. He zip lined, I think, like naked across across the Buffalo Chip Trent. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the, bag, the problem is whoever whoever laced him up, like in the zip line, had to deal uh, with that. It ain't it much the cover, bro. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But nonetheless, like just the just the thought, like, hey, yeah, go ahead, and you're fine. Oh, no clothes yet, get it on. That's probably yeah. a normal day for them. I heard about that like six months after. I was like, no way. I was like, bro, that's. That's pretty sendy, dude. Like, right on. That's a pretty big move. That's yeah. a pretty, that's a pretty Buffalo Chip freaking style like afternoon. Bold strategy. Or small move, depending upon small <laughs> moves. Yeah. Um, let's talk throwdown, bro. I mean, shit, bro. After the first day, you're probably like, I don't have to train for shit. I come out here off the couch and and, and smoke these fuckers. So let's <laughs> let's talk one v one first, man. Um. You did it last year. You didn't do obviously as great last year. Um, this year was a whole different dynamic, and I didn't know what to expect from you. I mean, riding Shana's bike was was uh, definitely interesting. And maybe you could talk about what you guys did to the bike to to change the the setup because obviously with Shana to you, it's quite a bit different. So talk about the setup, what went into it, and uh, maybe the event itself. And and your bracket was just stacked. Yeah. Yeah, so the setup, we, we didn't do much. I mean, it was a little bit, but we took a set of forks that I have on my just personal flat track KTM 450 and, and shoved those on there. Um, but it was funny with the shock. So Evan Yarnell was slammed at solid, at solid performance. He's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you this other shock that's revalved uh, in time. So I'm going to send down this just heavier spring, the, the setting that's in Shana's shock. It's not too crazy far off if you just basically bottom out the clicker, the high speed and the low speed. I'm like, okay, cool. So the shock hadn't shown up yet, the one that Evan was revalv uh, revalving um, for me. So we're like, let's just throw this heavier shock spring on and uh, and see what it does. And dude, we put that thing on um, with my forks and we changed the handlebars and seats. But dude, it was, I got on it. I'm like, this isn't right because I immediately, yeah, I felt better on that thing than I did. Uh, and I did my own personal 450, which I've done like a million laps on, um, like right off the bat. I'm like, dude, this thing's really good. So it's funny. Shana could probably vouch for me. Like the whole way there, I was stressing, like driving from Pennsylvania down to down to Florida. I called Rispoli and a couple of my other friends. I'm like, guys, like it was all fun and games for a minute. But I haven't been on a bike since Springfield. Like I haven't even, I've ridden my 100 up the driveway to get the mail a few times. And that is it. And I probably like would have been all good, but I had Kenny coming in for my first race and I'm like, dude, I'm going to show up. I'm out of shape. Like 
I, I haven't been on a bike at all. I'm not going to, I'm not even probably qualify for the bracket, let alone get in. And then if I do, I'll probably get knocked out first round. So then I qualified well. I'm like, shoot, we're not doing bad, actually. That's okay. Like, we'll see where we go. And then all of a sudden the bracket gets posted. And I'm like, looking at it, I think I had, I didn't know who I had, but I'm like, all right, it's either going to be set off or it's going to be, uh, I don't even remember, or Fanders. I'm like, well, that's kind of stacked. And then I start looking down the line. I'm like, no matter how we cut this thing, like to be a two seed, I think this thing's, I think this thing's rigged because, like, I at least in my opinion, I, I had freaking some hitters, right? Like Brandon's won the throwdown like 27 times. Mees obviously is is insanely good. Um, sat off. I think Dalton, like, dude, I was going. There's no chance that I make it through this thing, but. Yeah, for some like odd reason, like I felt like I was riding pretty good for being off the bike for so long, but the bike was working really good, um, which was cool. Uh, yeah, it just was one of those nights where like I actually hadn't been that nervous for an event, and I couldn't even tell you how long. Like I was straight up stressing out, calling people, calling Shana, like we're driving down, like I'm not gonna make it, like it's gonna be bad. And then we had a good night. So like yeah, the one v one, that's a cool event. Like I said, you you don't get the nerves for for a regular race like you do that just because you know you got two you know basically two you get three races but you got to win two of them you get six laps you got to be great at and yeah it can all go it can go wrong so easily and so quickly like even by not messing up really just maybe not the whole shot and all of a sudden you're out so it's uh it's fun so one of the things i wanted to ask you about is we kind of touched about it earlier is you know working with cool beth and um you know, at least for a fangirl like me, I you had no idea that he was going to be a part of your team. I don't know if it was posted online or anything. So when I show up and I see that, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, because it had just come out that you're not working with Dave and Michelle. Um, so what like how long had you known that you were going to work with Kenny? Was it kind of going back to that you know, right after you had that uh, powwow at Springfield with Rick um, kind of walk through like that process of getting Kenny to come be your tuner and stuff. Cause you guys, I mean, yeah, you showed up and, and did really well. Yeah. We, so Kenny and I spoke before Springfield a little bit. Um, and I was just kind of picking his brain on where he was at, what he was feeling. And, uh, there was a big lull in the middle of the off season where we were kind of speaking with Rick and trying to get a, like a good understanding of what it was actually going to look like and, and what we were going to do. <clears throat> and, uh, so there was, like I said, some downtime where Kenny was kind of going, hey, what's the move? And I'm like, hey, we're not really positive yet. So, yeah, we it had always kind of been in the works. Like, we'd always been in touch and kind of, you know, keeping each other informed on what our moves were, where we were at, what was happening and stuff. So, shoot, I want to say it was probably end of November, middle to end of November, where we were like, hey, man, like, if you're in, like, let's let's make this happen. And Unfortunately, me, Shana, Rick Ware, Kenny all got a call and we're in, we're in, in touch a lot and kind of making sure things made sense for everyone and, and what it was going to look like and where it was going to base out of and, and just what we needed to do to, to be successful. And that's the big thing with Kenny is he's super, he's super keen on being as prepared as we possibly can, which, which is awesome. Like he wants to, he wants to make sure every I is dotted and is crossed which gives me a lot of confidence because i try like at least on my training side and just like my race day side little things like doing my helmets and tear offs and the things that i can control he wants to make sure he can control all of his stuff on on his side as well so it's been good like 
like I said, middle to the end of November. And, and ever since that trigger was pulled, I think, uh, I think Shana and Kenny and Ricky, especially Shane and, and, and Kenny, they probably talk two to three times a day. Like they're man, they are grinding. It's uh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate thus far already. Like we haven't even gotten to the season yet, but just a three day race at, at the throwdown on Shana's 450. I, uh, it's funny because I even joked with with Kenny going to the throat and I'm like, hey dude, like I'm not I'm not a Turner racing team with Bigelow. Like I got one wheel, I got two or three sprockets. Like I know last year with with Turner, you guys showed up to the throwdown, you had like 17 bikes, 32 different tire <laughs> compounds. Like I don't even have a grooving iron. Like we're gonna have to borrow that if we need to groove a, if we're gonna groove the tires. So <laughs> he. uh He's like, it's all good, man. We'll do whatever it takes. And, and dude, it, that was it. Like he literally the whole time, not that we changed much, but he was grinding on the, on the program. Shana was looking at like what we could maybe do, wash in. And, uh, when she wasn't busy with Cruz, getting him locked in, um, yeah, it was just, it was fun too. Like, it's almost good to have a mechanic now that's better than I am because like there's some pressure. Like if I'm not doing that good, there's like a, there's a high chance that Kenny can like slap the leathers on probably go quicker than I, than I am. So that, uh, it kind of raises my level myself. Cause I'm like, what do I, what can I do to impress Kenny Kulba? So that's, uh, I already know that after 12 years, it's, I don't think I can do anything at this point to impress Shane anymore. So I got to do some stuff that that'll get, that'll get Kenny fired up or her brother or her brother. Yeah. I mean, that's, I do have to come not, over and not. give him shit. Like at throwdown where like, I'm like, and I, dude, it's trust me, it's hard for me to give Briar any sort of advice just because of, <laughs> of the the differential in the in talent. But there's, it's just some things I go over. I'm like, I'll be like, I'll, I'll give him advice, and I and he'll like, he's always pretty receptive. Like he doesn't have to be, and I'm like, yeah, you better fucking listen. <laughs> like telling one of those. <laughs> that- <laughs> go ahead. 2022 New York Short Track. Corey's like Corey just. One, I think he won the production race that night. He comes over. He's like, "Dude, you got to run the bottom." I'm like, "Man, I don't think so." Dude, you got to run the bottom. I'm like, "All right." So I spend six laps down there, almost crash it two to three times, and then I'm in like fifth or sixth. Finally go to the top, and then I win. First person I see is Corey. I'm like, "Dude," he's like, "Man, I could have swore it was going to be at the bottom." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I guess." Yeah, he just does the opposite of what you think everyone's going to do, um, and he makes it work. Like the stuff. Like riding the high line at Red Mile, like going into the corner around the outside of everybody at Red Mile, where you're at, you're a half an inch away from being into the air fence at a hundred mile an hour and you're making it work. So I, stuff like that, it's, yeah, it's like, dude, what do I even fucking, what do I, what, what do I even tell him anything? It doesn't, it, he'll do, he's going to do what he does and make it work. And, and it's like, yeah, the, the New York thing was a perfect, perfect example. At that point, I was like, dude, cause, to be fair, I moved to the bottom and I won. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I think the yeah. bottom, I think the bottom's the move. And, uh, and it just, yeah, he, he did, he wasn't a fan and went to the, he was as high as I've, I've ever seen anybody ride there. And I was like, I don't know how you did it, but fucking kudos, bro. You, you won the race. So, so uh, high he's yeah. getting drug tested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but. you don't, you don't get extra points, dude. I cut more things here. I'll let you go. But, you don't get extra points at winter throwdown or extra or extra pay for running into people. Like I think, um, I think you thought maybe the more people you ran into, like you got bonuses for that, but <laughs> that wasn't the case, man. I mean, you were, 
you were fun to watch that that first main event in the during the day i went back and watched it and it's pretty dicey man um you had a couple people yelling at you you didn't really ha- you didn't make any friends like i said um but you made a lot of fans it was entertaining for sure yeah it's funny because that the way the track shaped up when it was a groove like that and it was that fast it it basically breeds that kind of that kind of scenario unfortunately which it sucks because i mean it, it probably wasn't a good thing i got done with the like that day and i went to shane and cools i'm like there's a bunch of guys that are probably not super stoked with the the 52 right now uh with me on it but i had a blast like that was a lot like that was cool and uh yeah it's just it's tough like you don't you know you don't want to be a bowling pin um it wasn't you don't that make bad anyone bummed out. it was fun like i felt Whoa. like most of them were pretty educated uh like i i didn't do anything the one i got yelled at about was actually one that when i got done i that was the least concerning to me i'm like shoot i <laughs> man i that was i did way worse today my man but yeah it uh yeah, was, I think when you fun, when like, you did that, it was Rusev's Evans when you bump when you bumped him. I think he was more mad that he lost like thirty positions than he was really at the move. And a lot of guys they they carry emotion over things that um, really isn't something to be emotional about. Like they're mad that yeah they lost a lot of spots or they lost the race. They're not actually mad um, mad about the move itself. Yeah. They're, they're mad at themselves no. and they. Take took it out on you. Well, obviously, yeah. Briar was taken to school by Tyler Scott a couple uh, winters ago, and without that education that he received from getting punted by a four-year-old, he probably wouldn't have had yeah. the success that he had this year. So, you know, thank you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it's just you do you learn. Well, that was a thing. I showed up to the that was my first year at the Throwdown, and I showed up and basically got bullied. And I'm like, oh wow, this is like. <laughs> This 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 event is big. Like I gotta show up. Like the mental state wasn't there that year. Um, okay, okay. But this year, I'm like, okay, like let's get it on. Especially, dude, I was feeling it after the the one v one. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's let's get it on. And then obviously we had the the track conditions couldn't have been. It's funny between the three days, like uh, it obviously rained out the what was it Friday. Like it couldn't have been more different every time we were on the racetrack, which was cool. Yeah. Like it, I mean, uh, you know. The, the the track was so fast and it was so locked down that like we said it kind of the only way to pass was to get your front in there and and kind of you know bump someone out of the way but it was cool because it was different like i haven't raced the throat i know this was only my third year of i think six events um and that was the, the first time i've seen it like that so it was uh it was fun like Corey said it it made for good racing it made for some aggression it was different. Like it wasn't the normal high, low square people off, like kind of, you know, block pass type deal. But at the end of the day, like, I think that, I think the people liked it. I think that the, the tune in numbers were big, which is awesome because at, I mean, it, it truly blows my mind at how many people come to the event. Um, I think there was what 850 pre-entries or entries all, all together through the, the three days or whatever, uh, which is insanity. Um, but it's, it's great. Like, we get some grief that flat track is, you know, not doing great, but stuff like that gives me and, and I'm sure a lot of others, a lot of hope. So if we can put on a good show in the pro class and ideally keep it lighthearted, like, you know, I think one thing that being in the, you know, being in the expert class and, and kind of being around the sport long enough that when you kind of get moved off the racetrack, it's kind of like, well, like obviously that guy was a touch faster than me. So 
he had to do what he had to do and I keep it light, but you know, it's tough sometimes if you haven't been in that position, but nonetheless, like back to yeah, the racing being good and, and having a good couple of days. Um, and just, I think that whole weekend sets the tone for, for American flat track as well. Um, I think that they can learn a lot of stuff from, from the event and yeah, it's just uh dude, it's a blast. So always good to be a part of it. Yeah, the uh, for people listening, the 1v1 is actually up on YouTube. Uh, Corey Texter Racing, you can watch that. Watch that whole 1v1, which is uh, like going back and watch it. It's it's pretty cool to sip because I at the event, I don't really get to like, you know, be in the moment and watch it. I'm just trying to trying to run the ship. But man, going back and watching it, it's super it's super fun to watch. And obviously, I learned a lot about how we can make it better from um, like a viewing standpoint as well. Like I think during the um, during the broadcast, you can hear me on the mic. Like some, my mom actually texted me, like somebody asked how many people are watching. I was like, I don't know. And you know, they're like, is there any problems so far? I'm like, I was like, everybody's pretty much good, but there's a couple of people that can't figure it out, but I think they're just being idiots. <laughs> like I, I kind of hammered, <laughs> yeah. hammered people. So yeah. 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 It's kind of funny. My mom's like stressed and I'm like, yeah, they probably were being idiots. Like it's fine. So, um, yeah, well, cool, cool, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to have you on. It's good to talk a little bit about your program. Uh, we got, we got two at Daytona. Uh, you've won Daytona short track, uh, on the single and you've won Daytona TT. You've won Volusia. What do you prefer for the season opener? Like we've done all three of these. Do you, do you prefer the short track? I mean, what's, what do you think's best for you as a rider and like what maybe is best for the sport? Uh, so the, I think those two vary pretty big. Um, I've done, yeah, like you said, I've done well at all three. I don't, uh, this is biased, but I don't get too fired up to go to Volusia. And I think that it's just because I've done so many laps there in the last couple of years. Um, and once again, probably a little bit biased, but that year, a couple of few years ago when it rained and, you know, it was totally different than normal. I was cool with that. But as far as I think the sport, I think it's good for us to be in Daytona. Um, to be honest, I think it's great for us to be inside the, inside, you know, um, the speedway. I, I, I was a big fan of the TT. I thought that was a blast. Um, I, I mean, even on the asphalt, like that year when, when I did win and not, I'm trying not to be biased. I just thought that was a cool layout and a lot of fun. Uh, I like the short track. I, I do pretty well there typically. Um, but I think overall, I think that we need to be in the speedway. I think that that's, uh, that's really cool for us. Um, as racers, it's fun to, to roll out and, and have the speedway lights on and, and kind of be kind of it makes you feel like you're more in it um personally that's just my opinion but either way being in daytona it's not such a hike out to, to volusia um but yeah i mean like i said earlier about just the schedule in general like whatever they throw at us i uh, i'm good with it's yeah I, I think i enjoy starting on the short track a little bit more than, than the half mile so i would always probably pick that um over those two especially yeah. because Dude, Jared Meese is so freaking good on that half mile. It's crazy. Um, they, him and Tolbert have that thing locked in. So it's, uh, but even just looking at it from a fan's perspective, like generally it's pretty difficult to pass there. Uh, like in general, like you can't even do stuff like you can at the throwdown because it's so fast. Like, you're, yeah, 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 you're roll, you're rolling at that place. So yeah, I think that a short track, I think some aggression is a short track. Like, how do you not get fired up? You know, I just think the first two races should always be a crapshoot, like somewhat of a crapshoot. I think it just, I think it adds to the dynamic of train all winter for this little crapshoot sandy track. Um, 
it just makes people ride a lot different the first round with it being a short track than it being a half mile, like a little bit unpredictable. Um, no, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Look at, for my opinion, look at how cool Supercross is right now because the two of the first four were mutters. Like everyone's going shoot who, like we don't know who the guy is. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not a secret that Mies has struggled at at Daytona. Like, I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of interesting when he left and he was down. 27 points to Dallas after two days because he's not good at the short track. So Ricky Winsett can show uh, up yeah. and uh and smoke your asses. So dude, I mean <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Matt 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 Weedman or Wienerman or whatever his name is, like <laughs> dark shield, full face, no terror. Death protector. Like, yeah. Death protector outside of the jersey. <laughs> guys just like and he just smoked him. Or yeah. I mean, I think yeah. He got help, he just, but yeah, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grabbed a win he was in a spot that's what it takes you know what I mean? wins They're a win baby so. exactly so yeah all right no, dude well uh, it's a lot of fun we'll let you get on the pedal are you guys are you outside his house right now i'm literally outside Rispoli's house i'm watching it blows my mind how i'm I'm looking at max whale and hunter bauer and jared lowe and it just blows my mind i don't know how these kids even survive like I think it looks like Max forgot like one of his shoes. He's like, "Oh, I'll just ride with a flip flop." Um, then you yeah, have Jared Lowe. Jared Lowe is gonna. Didn't he say he, if he rode Peoria on a twin, he would beat you? <laughs> he beat him. Yeah, him and I have a little bit of a conflict of interest right now. He's claiming he could beat me and me the Peoria on a twin, and I like my odds if we did line up. So I've been kind of letting him know. Like at the moto track yesterday, I made sure I went out directly behind him every time, just to put the pressure on and let him know. But yeah, what a what a freaking <laughs> baldy statement. The jet. The jet. The jet's a confident guy, bro. And that's uh that's yeah. good. We like Make that. sure you drink your water. I will say make sure you drink your water. No, I need you guys to know. I need you guys to know. He did quote, I have the Corey Texter mentality. He said, I'll go get Fuck him. yes. And I love I was like, I love the I love the mentality, Bless. but dude, we gotta we gotta really weigh our odds here. I said, I, you may have me on the start. You may have me in the first half, but let's come on, Jared. Let's be realistic. <laughs> I, I'm always like, Jared, state your case. Like, he'll say something outlandish. I'm like, state your case. He's like, well, I just feel good. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to back shit up with facts. Like, if you're going to say something crazy, like you're going to beat Briar Peoria, give me one stat that says that's going to happen. He's like, I, I just feel and like I could. I just feel like it. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, that's, that's not really... It's not really stating your case, but we, we like it, dude. Like, we'll keep you around. You're entertaining. So, <laughs> he had a pretty good year last year. I thought he started to finally. Oh, no, he did together. fine, bro. He crushed it, but yeah. he's he's not going to be prior at Peoria. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, if he is, it's one of, yeah, it's this shit. He should have a podcast like Jared Lowe. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yes. What's, <laughs> what, we should get him on the pod. Yeah, like you know how the Kelseys have a pod. Trent and Jared should have a podcast. Like I might just make that happen to see how disastrous it would turn out. It'd be pretty fucking fun. Could you imagine? Just give them, give them, one, give them the mic each for an hour and just see what they come up with. I might do that. I might do that. I might Not just have them idea. do a uh, like a preview. Well, pod you're getting ready to have surgery, so just hey, you know, fill them I'm in. Going to be out yeah. for a couple of days. Just fill in. Just yeah. talk. Just do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Briar. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, dude. And I'll see you. I'll see you here soon, obviously. But yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. I'll talk to you later on. All right, man. Peace. Yep, see ya. Entertaining, man. I'm actually really uh like proud of Briar for how how far he's come along with 
like growing the sport and like the branding because once Meese retires, um, there's not a lot of guys who really understand and push that. Like they don't make it a priority, but they don't, these riders aren't going to get paid if they don't work on the brand of the sport. I mean, if people aren't following the sport, they're not following even like the other riders they compete against. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to, it doesn't grow. It doesn't grow or help them. Um, people are kind of self yeah, selfish with that where they just, they don't care. They're lazy. Uh, I think a lot of our riders are lazy, but they don't really think about, it's like, dude, if we all did more, we'd all get paid more, like more clicks on YouTube, more shares on Facebook. Uh, it, it, it helps everybody. I mean, even if, like I, I've said before, even if you don't like a certain rider or you don't agree with a certain take, uh, like engage or comment on that stuff and, <laughs> and, uh, and try to engage in a way that you're not a fucking more like there's people that engage that just, just say outlandish, stupid stuff. But yeah. um you know good good chatter is is good for the sport man and and for that because yeah, i don't that really understand that is big yeah because and i agree with you on that is in i maybe it's just how i'm you know was raised and you know i i just i can't imagine being good at something at the level of some of these writers and not trying to capitalize on it i i for me it's like Success is such a flash, you know, in a, a moment, it's, it goes by so quick. Um, so it almost feels like, do you feel like this is going to last forever? Because, you know, you know, riding a motorcycle at this, this high level is not forever. So you would think I would, I mean, I would just be doing everything I can to like get my name out there and, you know, grow the brand and the sport and longevity. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they, they get success. Oh, I'm going to become a realtor. Well, that's cool. And that's, you know, some money, but I would just be trying to do everything I can. I don't know. I, I, yeah. But, well, these, yeah. it's, it's, I, I see all these posts about guys not having rides, right. And, and, Oh, we don't have a ride this year. And that does and that. suck. It, it does. sucks. But you're not, um, you, a lot of you, I'm not, I, I don't know how to word this where people aren't thinking I'm an asshole, but a lot of these people, it's not, if you don't want a nine to five, you better be willing to work 24 seven. Like if you, you know, hustle 24 seven, so you don't have to work a nine to five. It's a cliche quote, but it's one of my favorite quotes. I had it in my, um, my bio for a while. It's like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to punch in at a shit ass job, like a cashier, I'm not whoever, I'm not, again, I don't want to, but if you don't, if you don't want to be a cashier at a gas station or you, you don't want to do something like that, which all those jobs are fine. But if you have the talent, you don't want to be a shitty ass airport consultant that knows how to work an Excel spreadsheet well, way too good. Then. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 these guys sleep, else. dude, they don't sleep do in, they don't post on social, they sleep in and then they wonder why they don't have rides. Um, dude, if you're not competing and you're not winning or you're not you're not relevant or posting on social media. You don't deserve to make that your job. Like why should these sponsors pay you when you're not treating your job like a professional? Um, and I don't know where you are on this, but I want to at least say, and I want to preface it that by saying I'm not, when I have these hot takes, I'm not talking about Dalton and, and, uh, Vandercoy. Cause I would say those are two of some of the most alarming, um, riders without anything solid going into, you know, this season, because I do think, Dalton does an incredible job with his branding and, and, you know, the content that Lane puts out. And then Jared is such a, a likable person that he's like, he, you know, like for the storylines of the twins, he's a good guy, you know? Um, so it's a shame I mean, with that. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, 
like, yeah, I think, Dal- like I said, Dalton does a good job on social media and Jared does a good job with things, things that he does. But do I think they could do more? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think they, okay. Okay. I think they all, I think they all could do more. Um, I think they could do more differently. Like, I think, um, they could definitely do more, but, but Jared, man, he's, he's down here in Florida. He's putting in the work. I saw him at the motor track the other day and, and he's working, grinding on his program. He's come a long way with, um, with effort as well. Like, I think he's, he's starting to, uh, dude, he's really matured the last few years. And, um, okay. it's cool to see, like, you know, I think he's like, you know, dude, I, I, I don't think he wants to work a real job. Like, I think it's, no. I think when these kids come, come in and, um, and they don't ever have to get a real job. They don't have to work at a gas station. They don't have to work at a pizza shop. They don't have to work at Kohl's, you know, selling credit card apps for a Kohl's credit card. And I say those three jobs because that's what I fucking did. Um, yep. I worked at a pizza shop. I was making subs. I worked at Wawa, cleaning the bathrooms and stocking the cold, the cold, um, the cold box we called it. And I worked at uh, Kohl's as a cashier, man. And I think uh, <laughs> that made me appreciate when I was able to make money racing, um, yeah. I, I was just thankful. It's like, dude, I don't want to go work a real job. I want to do this. But um, sometimes you got to punch in. And I tell the boys, you know, when they want to sleep in some days, I'm like, bro, get the fuck up and punch in. Like, you got to, you know, you got to go, go and put in some work, whether it's uh, cycling. or what was, your, uh, what was your first job? Pizza shop. Donato's Pizza, that man. Was Okay. It's a pizza shop. I got, it was right near my high school. I got paid $6 an hour and I, uh, they wouldn't even let me make pizza. They only let me make, uh, subs. Like I was, I made subs, big sub guy. So I made subs and it was a fun job. Me and my buddy, Jeff, we worked together and I actually quit. Um, <laughs> I quit because they wanted me to wear a hairnet and I, I was not wearing a hairnet. Like one of our, bo- <laughs> like one of our corporate guys was coming in, in that day and I always wore a hat, but they wanted me to wear a hairnet. I'm like, I'm not wearing a fucking hairnet. That's stupid. And uh, I walked home. I actually didn't have a driver's license at the time. I lost it because I had too many speeding tickets. And I walked like three miles in the rain back to my house because um, <laughs> I didn't want to wear a hairnet. And I didn't want to call my mom to tell her I quit. So I just walked home and snuck in the back door and went to bed. <laughs> so, so yeah, I worked at um, so- Donato's and then I worked at Wawa. And then I worked at Kohl's, man. I had some some interesting jobs that you thought people probably first job was uh so growing up in uh illinois and fucking buttfuck egypt illinois my first job was uh uh tasseling corn so i was like 15 and i would walk up and down cornfields and pull the top ends off of them for fucking monsanto i probably have cancer curing in my system somewhere from it but uh about five bucks yeah six bucks or you probably got paid better because it was probably cash no but no, it was yeah. it was five fifteen was my first yeah, and yeah. you could list like how to Walkman. I could walk the entire row of these cornfields and listen to an album, and then I'd flip that bitch and you know go again and and uh, walk it all the way back to the next row. I, yeah, it was looking yeah. back on that first job. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's not like I worked in a steel mill or something. Like I'm, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like this. this well, that's blue what I collar. figured everybody did in Pennsylvania. Yeah, like it's that, not like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked in the fields. I was Amish. No, it's not. It's not like I. I'm not trying to act like, dude. I was in a sweatshop working my ass off. Like I was a definitely a no, privileged still- kid. But I, I, you know, even with my dad owning a Harley shop, and you know, I, I feel like I had a really privileged life growing up. I still worked, um, like jobs when I was 15, 16, and so yep. that's yeah. It's um. But anyway, as I got older, I, I didn't want to work a, a real job. So, and I still don't want to work a real job, man. It's, uh, it's to the point where 
yeah, like these riders, um, understanding like, and I, dude, I've preached about this on the podcast so many times, but it's come to light with people. Um, and I didn't even see Dalton, um, post that. Like I, 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 I thought, I thought they're doing their own program again. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, it's, there's good riders that definitely need to be out there, but at the same time, um, like fig, figure out other ways to, to make money and at least understand the importance of like growing the, growing the sport and yeah. growing the brand. And like, what else are you guys doing? Like the kids down here in Florida, like they go on these bicycle rides, they ride moto a little bit and then that's it. They sit around, like you can do other things. Like you can always do more. You can, um, like push your social channels, like get video, like a winter throwdown. There were so many people there taking video. That's your content for a month, a couple months. Maybe you could just get some content and, and post and help grow the sport. But yeah. And then there's some writers that are getting out there and getting unique sponsors only for AMA to uh, crush it and say, Hey, no, you know, only fan creators or any, who said uh, that? Any... Is that, did that happen? In Flash I Rack? can't say, I can't say uh, who the writer is, but there is a very established uh, writer. It has to be Halbert. That, no, and it's not Halbert. Really? Um, that it was going to be even more corporate than that. Um, and then it just, the door got shut on it. And um, yeah, I'll tell you off air, but uh, that's crazy. It's unfortunate that some of the writers are out there getting stuff, but yeah, yeah. You got to weigh, um, you know, the, 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 the corporate TV side to all of this. You can't, you know what I'm saying? So, no, yeah, cause I'm dude, sure there's, there's a lot yeah, of, yeah, I get that. I get that a hundred percent. So I, I understand that. I mean, we give, we give AFT a hard time and, you know, they, they're not big fans of the, a lot of them probably aren't big fans of the podcast. That's a, probably a fact, but I, I also think uh, the riders can do better. Like it's not solely, and I don't think it's AFT's yeah, job yeah. to promote the riders. Um, it's nope. their job to promote their series. And if they can promote the riders in doing so, that's a bonus, but the riders need to take it upon themselves to promote themselves. Like don't rely on the series to yeah. promote you. I mean, when I was today's I, big word is reciprocity. They both have to work together towards the same goal. <laughs> yeah. And before I was like somewhat decent at, at racing, uh, everyone knew who I was cause I was hammering it in, in their faces. Like I was marketing myself yep. because the series, I wasn't good enough for the series that what are they going to post about me getting eighth in my semi every fucking week? No, they're not. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. go out there and I'm going to post stuff and, and do things to kind of create a, a relevant relevance uh to what i'm doing so but anyway people are probably tired of hearing about this topic man is there anything else uh i yeah i did and about? it's completely off topic what we were just talking about but looking down at my notes that i had for the pod i wanted to ask you as someone that's been doing winter throwdown um you know for a few years now but i would and i would say that it's kind of kind of grown these last couple of years into something that was like, you know, it's just monumental for the sport. Do you see a, uh, a side effect on, and a good one on the sport, like these riders come down for winter throwdown and it's like the first thing they do on getting here for training for the, the, the next season. Do you see it as like kind of a, all right, it's game on. We're here to do a job. We now know that we're in Florida. It's like the perfect way to kick off a preseason uh, for these riders. Do you see, and I would say even with like the t TV coverage from this year, um, you know, how, you know, well it was covered, how 
everyone was like on their a game they had awesome kit their bikes were looking awesome um do you see that as the you know the person behind winter throwdown and someone that's kind of in the sport now helping riders that hey you know it's a focus point of like all right we're here let's go yeah i i don't i mean it's it's by design i i you know people can say it's the first one of the year but it's by design i mean i think i think that's something I think there's a lot of X factors with winter, with, with winter throwdown. And we did a Patreon pod, um, about promoting races, but I think it's, yeah, there's a lot of X factors that I don't talk. I mean, I mean, I I share a lot of info on this podcast, whether Mm -hmm. it's my training or, you know, marketing things or like, there's very little that I don't talk about, but there are some little small things that I do specifically with that event. That's by design that, it works. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a fine line, man, because at the same time, I love having the pros come out. I love, I'm grateful. Actually, the word, the word I'm looking for is I'm grateful for them coming, but it's also an amateur national. So it's a, it's really unique. It's a real unique event. Like I'm not catering to the pros. Like I want them there and we pay them, pay them a good chunk of money, but you know, this is an amateur national. So the focus needs to be on on the amateurs, like the pros have their moment, they have their spotlight, but yeah, I, I guess you're quite, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think the raw, like you heard Briar, he said he was more nervous at winter throwdown yeah. than he is yeah. at, at AFT races. So it carries a lot of weight, uh, with like the coverage and a lot of people watch it and sponsors pay attention to it now where yep. like the results, if you, if you say you've won that race or you won the one V one, it carries a lot of weight with sponsors and, and getting paid and you want to look good. And it's the first of the year. There's well, a lot of media people there. It definitely makes a difference, dude, but it's all by design. That's I the mean, one thing what we try to do that I noticed. And I made it a, a post on Facebook about it. I was like, I couldn't get over like how fucking awesome. Like everybody's like bikes looked like their kit was awesome. There wasn't a whole bunch of people rolling up with like moto gear with full face helmets and you know, like, dirty bikes and stuff you could just tell that like it's starting to click you know yeah and, and maybe it is at a grassroots level but like people are like all right this is something different this isn't just a local race and it was awesome for flat track to put that you know that that you know bug in moto america's ears that like you know hey we're not hillbillies going in a circle like we take this shit for real um so kudos to the sport for sure yeah i mean it helps to obviously my relationship now with, with Moto America and, and Chuck and Wayne and, and those guys. And, and they're, I, I, you know, they're big fans of, of flat track. Uh, obviously Wayne raced and was very successful in flat track before he went road racing. And, and my buddy Chuck, man, his, he's apparently he's like low, like a sneaky, really fast on a flat track. Like he, he wants to race. I, he just had um, hip replacement surgery. My buddy Chuck from, from Moto America and I'm about to have knee surgery. So we'll have to wait till we're healed up. But yeah, Chuck wants to, he wants to get dicey. He's really, uh, people that don't know, we should, we had Chuck on the show. If you ever get a chance, go back and listen to, to that podcast. But he, he worked with Kenny Roberts. He's, he's done flat track schools over in Europe. He's trained at the Kenny Roberts ranch. He runs Moto America. He's the manager. I don't even know how much I can say, but he's the manager for Johnny Ray overseas in the world Superbike. That guy's legit and yeah, big flat track fan. I actually met Chuck because he listened to this podcast. I don't know if I've ever told that story, but he came up to me, Volusia, and I never met Chuck before. 
and he had a Moto America like the white the white button up Moto America shirt. You, that's like that means you're important. Yeah. <laughs> you have the white button up. <laughs> and he was talking to me. He's like, "Hey man, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Like I never met Chuck before, and we were friends. We were talking, and we stayed in contact. We would text back and forth, and and then one like two years ago, he asked me to do race control at VIR, which is a it's an insane job. Like I definitely was not qualified for that job, but he, he asked me to do it. And I was like, wow, Chuck, are you sh like, can you, do you can give me that job? He's like, Corey, I, I'm the COO or whatever. I was like, oh, no shit, you're kind of important. <laughs> so yeah, he, 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 Chuck became, you know, I became friends with Chuck because he listened to this podcast, which is kind of, kind of crazy. But, and then um, I'm blanking on her name because I'm terrible with, Nicole. with memory, but Nicole, yeah, she it, rides. She's, uh, she's, out in Montana and uh, I'll see her at a race or two. So it's, and she started to come more and more um, to flat track events and stuff. And yeah, she rides. Yeah. She's she having a blast and yeah. Yeah. He's so gnarly dude. Cool you don't see. mess with Nicole. Yeah. She's yeah, gnarly. If you, you know her bio, you'd be like, Oh fuck. So yeah, she's gnarly. People that see her at the races and, and work with her that you just don't, you don't mess with her. She's, she's, nope. she's something else, dude, but she's, She's cool. So I really like Nicole. She's yeah. a really good mom and she rides, uh, rides flat track. And yeah, it's, she's, she, I mean, it takes a lot of grit to, she pretty much runs the whole program at Moto America, like during the day. Um, yeah, she's gnarly. So no, it's been good, man. Uh, I got, uh, I, like I said, I'm getting knee surgery in a few days, so I don't know what it, what it looks like afterward. I, I've been getting different conflicting reports on it's, you're going to be in a lot of pain or you're going to be fine. And I don't know. I Well, and that's kind of what I wanted, you know, you and I, we've been chatting off air about it. And the thing that you got to remember that I want, I wanted to clear this up is that it's, it, it is, it's different for everyone because there's different degrees of it. There's more than one ligament in there. And, but the thing that you've got to understand is that you broke shit, right? So you, it's going to be unique for you. So it's kind of like getting advice on race day, go with who you trust in, you know, just say, you know, it's like, that's cool. That's cool. And just know that it's going to be different for, for you than it is for everyone. So don't expect like, you know, the severity of what I had or like somebody's like, oh, you don't need to get surgery. It's just an ACL, um, you know, because it is everybody's body is different and how they respond to it and all the other little injuries that come with it. Like, you know, I had a dislocation and nerve damage where you had a broken kneecap and broken leg bones and stuff. So just, yeah, I would just say filter it and you're, you're going to learn real quick how your body's going to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had, like I showed you, I've broken my arm really bad in 2010 where I had to get a rod yep. put in and I still oh. have two, two metal screws in my ankle that I broke in 2007. So it's, I've, I've been through it, but it's, it's been a while. It's been 13 years and I haven't been riding a bike because of my knee and it's been over two months now and it's been hard. It's been stressing me out. I'm a little edgy. I'm like been grumpy. Just I'm down here in Florida and like the boys are riding bicycle right now like when, before briar called me and i'd be on that ride so it's it sucks it's like my life i i've um i've been vocal about how bad my anxieties have been in my my life and i yeah. the exercise has always it's been like my medicine honestly my medicine like i don't take any medicine for it so i've been able to exercise been able to do things and now it's it's to the point where it sucks. And now I have to get the surgery and then I'm out, I'm out even longer. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is what it is, man. It's like, generally speaking, my body's held up really well and I'm grateful for that. It's, but I put in a lot of work to, to, you know, these are what I teach, 
teach the kids I coach, man. It's being in good shape, not just, you know, going in a circle for eight minutes. It, it should, shouldn't be that difficult to do, but you want to train to be durable. And we've talked about this on a, like on one of our Patreon shows as well, where, you know, just training to be durable. And yeah, the fact that I was able to get around was, um, I'm really proud. Like, I'm really proud of that. Cause yeah, I've, is a, a blown out ACL. I had a fractured tibia and then I had a, a ruptured knee capsule. So we'll get all that figured out. I was going to fly to Texas and get it done, but I'm, um, Jared Meese hooked me up. Actually, Jared's been really helpful. He hooked me up with a guy who, uh, he knows throughout Baker and he's going to do my, do my surgery and nice. Yeah. It and just I would, sucks. you know, someone that, <laughs> focuses a lot on on mental health and you know we're also uh dads and and stuff like that that i just you know i i hope the best and know that amber needs you and cruz needs you and uh know well, that she's eight months pregnant <laughs> exactly and that's what i'm saying like it'll be a blip on you know your timeline in no time so just know that we're all here rooting for you buddy and uh, if you ever need anything just text me or call me dude yeah i appreciate it i just want to ride i just want to be able to ride um he he said if i didn't get the acl fix it would be very very challenging or almost impossible to ever ride ever ride like motocross or ride a dirt bike ever again i'm like well that's my life dude like i i don't know i I did have some plans to do some racing this year and i don't know what that looks like at this point i'm i'm building a a new bike yeah wally brown is building me a new a new single. I'll say it's a single. It's, it's not a 450. He's building me a single and I'm really pumped up on it. So I got some motivation to keep me going where I, I want to heal up quick and, and get back on a bike. And I just yeah. like the cha- challenge of like, of coming back from something like an injury that, well, I mean, the, think of it this way. I can't even run right now. Right. I'm not cleared to run, but I can ride a motorcycle. I, and so it's going to be the same thing for you that you're going to, and it's your right leg. So it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to be able to get back on a motorcycle. Are you going to be as, as fast as you were at the very beginning? No, but I think you're, I think you're going to be surprised dude. At like, all right, I can figure this shit out. If you need to move your foot peg forward, like I had to on my bike, I had to move my whole left controls forward because i can't bend my leg like i used to but your number one enemy now is scar tissue so fucking get to work <laughs> i just want to be able to beat trent uh trent and evan so uh that's yeah, that's a go. tall that's a tall order so at least i have them pushing me where if they're yeah, like yeah, smoking absolutely. me i'll i'll yeah I'll, I'll pick it up a little bit but yeah i appreciate everybody uh we talked about the patreon show a couple times in this podcast but i actually paused the billing on that show on that platform mm-hmm. um I feel bad. I, we, you know, we were only going to do, we were going to do two a month. Uh, January was crazy with, uh, my knee injury, winter throwdown, Amber's pregnant. You got a lot going on traveling work. Um, it's been hard to keep up with the Patreon as much as I'd like. So, um, if I can't deliver on what I say I'm going to do, then I don't want to charge people for that. So as of right now, we've paused the billing. I don't know how it works here. Can people, if you are already a member, I think you can access them, right? I don't think you can sign yes. up and access, right? Yeah, and it's uh, because I actually had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, I'm trying to sign up for the pod. And it was actually the day that you had said, hey, we're going to pause things. Um, and I was like, hey, it's because it's paused. And he was like, oh, okay. So I said, you know, if we, you know, if we pick back up and when he's, you know, healed up and stuff like that and life kind of calms down, um, you'll be able to sign up then. But yeah, for the people that are uh, signed up, they can still access. So they can't access them if they haven't signed up prior to pausing it uh from what i have read and seen no they they can't okay. i'll work on it we'll get billy to look into it a little bit too i mean i dude without billy he does so much for the podcast and for just everything for me in general too i mean he got 
he's he's the one that put the YouTubes up from Winter Throwdown and he's been he's awesome like he does all he edits all these podcasts he's you know super underrated and and what I and what I'm able to do to kind of you know do what I'm doing he's he's very underrated so and he's doing all of it in spite of Doc Rivers being now his team's head coach so <laughs> so much adversity <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so we're uh we got that paused um like I said just with knee surgery coming up and Amber's she's due the day before Daytona short track. So yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's just been a lot going on. So we'll, we'll get through it. We got on here today to do a pod. Eric got up at 6am. Uh, I kicked everybody out of my house. Like I have my wife, my son, my sister, Evan, Trent, I have two dogs and they're all, I think they're waiting outside actually to come back in. So I'll, uh, We'll wrap this sucker up, man. Uh, appreciate everybody. <laughs> we'll keep these going as much as we can. Again, I don't know what what it looks like as far as how I'll feel right after surgery to to, uh, to do one, but we'll we're, I think we'll be fine. We'll we'll, we'll get them out yeah. here. And the visual, I, I have to say, the visual of a pregnant wife sitting outside in the pouring Florida rain. It ain't raining anymore. Shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> it ain't raining now. It's not. It's nice. Don't get it twisted. It ain't that bad. It's probably sixty degrees out. It's probably a little breezy, but nah, she's yeah. she'll be fine. Yeah. She's, I trained her hard, man. She's she's <laughs> gotta want it. <laughs> um, but all right, yeah, I appreciate everybody who uh reached out about the Patreon and everybody that um a lot of people actually reached out. It was it's really cool, man. I appreciate that. And to keep these going, that that stuff definitely motivates us to uh keep the pods rolling. So we'll keep them going. Shout out once again to all the sponsors to make it happen. Mission Foods, Roost Systems of Dallas, Texas, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. Moto America, Indy Motorcycle, Kicker Audio, Yamaha Motorsports. Appreciate everybody. It's a wrap. Till next time, we out.